0: On this week's episode, Hawkeye hits the Big Apple for Christmas, Apple has a new iPhone on the way, and when do twins become triplets? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse.
1: Don't be alarmed.
0: This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, and... The fact that we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook, including the awesome series coming to Pop Culture Cosmos, Vampires and Vitae, it is truly appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without a good friend, and she is back once again in the hot seat right here. She is the queen of all of our tabletop (laughs) RPG games, including said Vampires and Vitae. It is a good friend indeed. It is Melinda Barkhouse. And Melinda, great to have you back on the program once again.
2: Good to be here once again. What do, you, right. think, what do you think of the red and black, though? Do you like it? I that? like
0: it. I like it. It's very stylistic. So I'm very happy that it's up there. So... Yeah,
2: because it's uh, – so last week you saw the Black on Black, which will be behind our storyteller when we start streaming Vampires in Vitae. The yeah. red on red is going to be behind all the players so it's just a little bit different but still very stylized and uniform and anyway we're very busy trying to get the stream ready it's a lot of work Whew.
0: yes it is a lot of work but if you've heard past episodes of vampires and Vite, you will get the idea why it is such a good show they put so much hard work melinda and rob really do a great job with it so if you get a chance please check out the old episodes Before new episodes come on, when? Starts October 3rd. I will tell you what, it's a great show we've got lined up for you. First off, I want to mention our upcoming guest coming up at the back end of the show. It is Kennedy Phillips. He has got for us something special to talk about when it comes to his upcoming audio comedy, Clutch, A Cobalt Story, in a tabletop RPG fashion, similar to what we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll go ahead and talk about that series that's upcoming tell you how you can catch a preview episode plus he's going to let us in on an upcoming kickstarter for this series coming up here at the back end of the show plus melinda and i are going to be talking about all the great things going on in marvel land plus also as well we're going to be talking about twins becoming triplets oh no (laughs) cry macho from no he's not over 100 yet but he's getting close to it clint eastwood What is he still doing making movies? We'll talk about that with Cry Macho coming up here in a bit. Deathloop is something that I wasn't planning really to go ahead and talk much about. But the critical reception and praise after our initial discussion we had on the game on Monday necessitates even more. So we want to talk about the tremendous reception Deathloop is getting. That's coming up on the back end of the show. And of course... We would be remiss without talking about one of the major things that's coming up in pop culture, in consumer electronics. It is the iPhone 13. We're going to be discussing all the different various sizes, different models coming out for the iPhone 13, and when you need to start lining up at your Apple store. Because we know you do. We know you do line up at the Apple store. So we're going to talk about that coming up here in the show as well. But first, my friend, it is Hawkeye, the series that was announced by Kevin Feige way back when talking about how this would be a continuation of the Hawkeye character with a new character, Haley Steinfeld, taking up the role. This is going to be similar to the modern comics that was made in the, the revisioning of the Hawkeye character and how the two different Hawkeyes came together and almost like a passing of the torch. So I want to hear your thoughts. This takes place in New York around Christmas time. Funny how this resembles a lot of the events of a diehard movie, possibly like style. That's the vibe I got from it.
2: That's the vibe I got from it as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jeremy Renner reprising his role. But again, Kate Bishop is the character of the new Hawkeye, and that's being played by Haley Steinfeld. Those two work together and eventually in the trailer and eventually in the series, but- seems like Hawkeye has made a lot of enemies in the past, and we see that in the trailer coming up.
2: Yeah, definitely. And what I really enjoyed about the trailer was it's it's going to be another of those Marvel shows that obviously has its its dramatic influences. But it does look like there's going to be a lot of lighthearted, kind of comedic, almost, aspects to the show. Which uh, is one of the things that I've always really enjoyed about the Hawkeye character, to be honest.
0: Absolutely. And we're gonna see a lot of the vision of the recent Hawkeye series that actually brought Kate Bishop really to life and the how they work together and the revival of the Hawkeye character because he was killed off in the comics and then brought back. And what this is the series that brought these two together, it's sort of like a mentorship going on, passing the torch from one individual to another. And I'm really excited for it because I've been a Hawkeye fan. I've been a Hawkeye fan from the beginning. I know Hawkeye's been the brunt of a lot of people's Avengers jokes for many years now. I would like to see him get his due. In fact, he, know he's not getting his own film. He's getting his own series, which I still think is a, it's, it's a great opportunity. I know it's not the, the film that, you know, a lot of uh, those fans out there was hoping for, but this is going to be something that I'm hoping there will be a great justification for the character, because I think, it's been hard over the past 10 plus years of the marvel cinematic universe one of the things they have not gotten right i don't think they've really nailed down and given a great opportunity for clint barton
2: yeah i agree with that and i i think it's yeah it's it's time for us to explore that character within the the cinematic universe of of marvel i think it it's definitely time and november 24th is when the the series drops
0: they gave him a big speech to mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch and Age of Ultron, and they had him playing football, running away with the Infinity Gauntlet in Avengers Endgame, but didn't do anything with him afterwards. I really would have liked to have seen him part of that cataclysmic battle after that. It just seems like they just dropped him like a bad habit. So, well, But then again, there was like
2: several characters I could say the same. I was just going to say, the weren't there like 400 characters that had to have a little moment? Yeah.
0: I just think since he's been there in the beginning and he was given the not so, how should I say, friendly task of going ahead and becoming a zombie in the first Avengers movie, which I think was, uh, I don't know, it's it, I think it started him off on a bad foot with fans out there. The fact that he had to go ahead and you know he got twisted by Loki and he had to, he got mind controlled, and they tried to play that off. I know in Age of Ultron, but. I still think that for the character himself, I think this is a wonderful way to go ahead and embrace the character. I'm glad that they're doing this series. I'm glad that they're exploring, like you said, back parts of it. Some of the things that happened during the five years when this snap happened and he became Ronin and he went to the yes. sword instead of the bow that he's known for and the things he now has to pay for it. I like the fact that they're using a lot of the... Characters that you saw in the comic book series, which is highly recommended and very much acclaimed. So hopefully, people get a chance to check that out, including the tracksuit mafia, which I guess is sort of like more like almost like a comic foil group who really wants to kill him but cannot do their best at all, d- despite their their tremendous efforts to go ahead and do so. They keep bumbling over themselves on it, and there are other evil forces at bay here as well vera farminga who is playing i think a crime lord in the film i think also kate bishop's mother i think if i'm not mistaken that's been alluded to so that's a possibility there that she she could become a evil force in the series and beyond but my hope is primarily that they do not kill off jeremy renner i mean if jeremy renner says he's done and he told kevin feige i'm done after this and if you saw the end credits for black widow You saw Elena Belova get from Madam Hydra, I'll I'll say her, it's Val, but Madam Hydra is is her sub-name in the comic books, give her the, the hit as far as Hawkeye being the next target. So I'm concerned that by the end of the series, they'll kill him off. I'm hoping they don't. I'm hoping he'll just go into retirement for a while and be able to bring him back one day again to more justify his character.
2: I enjoyed when they showed him pre snap with his family and and uh, teaching the daughter to shoot the bow and arrow and and, all and of she's that in stuff.
0: this trailer.
2: Yeah, she is, and I I thought that uh, tying that into the new show was really sweet. Honestly, to see him with his family, I thought that was adorable. So i it It's actually part she, of the well.
0: She is the real life daughter of one of the Russo brothers who directed Avengers and Games. So
2: she looks she, a lot like Jeremy Renner. I thought that maybe <laughs> she, no, no, just actual daughter. Yeah,
0: she is a Russo daughter. So uh, she yeah. is uh, someone that I guess uh, hopefully she can convince dad and uncle to go ahead and direct future movies down the line because I've heard through Rumorville and some of these pop culture sites. So I don't know where you believe them or not because. A lot of the stuff is you know, just hearsay that there could be some issues that they have and concerns over the Scarlett Johansson deal and what's yeah. going on there that they will not sign on for future movies down the road. I'm hoping that they'll renege on that and hopefully, hopefully they'll agree to something down the line because the Russo brothers are definitely part of Marvel's history. But getting back to Hawkeye, I mean, what are your hopes for this? It's coming out in mid-November. So I'm looking forward to it, and this will be a great series that you and I will be breaking down on a weekly basis coming up at the end of the year. But I'm really hoping for justification of the Hawkeye character and a growth of a new Hawkeye from that as we head towards an eventual young Avengers or whatever they want to do with this group of younger Avengers that are going to, at one point in time, come together to build the future for the MCU going forward.
2: Yeah, I always love to see the big guys in the Avengers taking on their protégés and, and finding their students, if you will, and teaching them the ways and and all of that kind of stuff. I, I always love those story arcs. I think that they're really great character moments and really great character opportunities in, in all of that stuff. So I'm looking forward to it for a number of reasons and i feel like it's gonna stay with that loki vibe where you know it it does have its big dramatic moments but it also has a a lot of its lighthearted and just great fan service moments as well i'm sure we'll see some of that
0: i'm hoping for it as well and coming off the success at the emmys for wandavision Mm. that was a creative art side they're actually doing the I don't want to say the more important Emmys coming up this weekend, but they're doing the highlighted Emmys coming up this weekend. This past weekend was more a little bit more on the technical side, creative arts, things of that nature. It did win three awards. So I think a lot of people out there love the fact that WandaVision did win three Emmys. So I'm very happy for them. And I want to go ahead and say that really they're, they're coming into their own Marvel is with its TV series. And as we, go ahead and get to the break here in a couple minutes i want to go ahead and close out some thoughts on marvel's what if episode six i want to ask you this real quick when it comes to episode six it shows you what if if killmonger had saved tony stark and iron man and they went from there just seeing this or hearing about this is it something that really garnered your interest because michael b jordan it gives the possibility with the unfortunate death of what we saw with Chadwick Boseman, there's a possibility that his character Killmonger could come back to life in real life. I mean, seeing how he's been interacting in this certain episode of What If, does it give you hope or interest that maybe down the line we'll see a revival of Killmonger in the real live action Black
2: Panther? I hope we do, honestly. I thought that the Killmonger character was a wonderful villain, but if he becomes... You know, the, the king of Wakanda, I think that he will make a very interesting sort of ally for the Avengers, you know, yeah. where hes you're not exactly sure if he's going to follow through in, in what he's supposed to do yes like he, he's like an almost unreliable ally I guess is what I'm getting an at.
0: anti-hero percent. yeah
2: thank you yes because he really does certainly have his own agenda and you even still do see that in this episode and I enjoyed it I'd love everything Michael B. Jordan does he could you know release a movie where it's just him and a camera and a light and he's reading a phone book and I would watch it 800 times
0: you're one of the ladies in that commercial that are just like fawning all <laughs> over him in that famous commercial that he did.
2: Okay, I would never, I would keep my composure and play it cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, it, you know, he's he's just a, a guy who is really, has been coming into his own as an actor. Yeah. The Killmonger character has given him so much to kind of chew on and explore. And I loved him opposite of Tony Stark. In episode six, and I enjoyed the twists that you saw because it was almost shot for shot as the episode started to the first Iron Man movie. So there's a lot of really cool stuff, and I mean the Iron Man movies are my favorite in the Marvel universe. I love the Iron Man movies. So getting to see Killmonger, Iron Man two, even Iron Man two. I know I'm sorry, but I love them. I just I am a sucker for an egotistical millionaire. (laughs) Okay.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. And he, well, yeah. RDJ's performance is oh. is obviously one of the best things about the Marvel Cinematic Universe because he was yeah. such a great part of it. So I can't blame you there, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more what if and what comes down the line. I am absolutely excited for the Hawkeye series coming out in mid-November. So I'm looking forward to that. And I also want to go ahead and once again, on behalf of Pop Culture Cosmos, congratulate Marvel on its first Emmys that it has. It now has three Emmys. Four television shows, first time, including the hit song, Agatha All Along, because Agatha knew all along she was going to win an Emmy. I I had a feeling. She knew. Yep, she knew indeed. But I'll tell you what, if you're excited like we are for the What If latest episode, and especially the Hawkeye series that's coming out in November, we want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com.
1: Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters,
3: and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos podcast.
0: So let me get this straight: we're going to play a like a video game together, or? Well,
2: not exactly.
0: Okay, fine. W- where's the controller?
2: Uh, that's it's it's right here.
0: This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you here.
2: You're going to need these two.
0: Dice? You've just had. Are these even dice?
2: We are going to play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role playing game. What kind of vampire do you want to be?
0: Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire. <laughs> oh,
2: my friend. You have no idea. There's an Ospera 2. Oh, no, there's S- a- S- Vampires S- in Vitae, an actual play podcast, season two, coming soon to Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, there's still much
0: more to talk about on today's program. Melinda Barkhouse is here with me. I'm Gerald Glassford here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. iPhones. As an Android user, an (laughs) evil Android user, as I'm told, in my own household, because my kids look at my wife and I just really crazy. Why do you have Android, Dad? Why do you have Android? Well, we have Android because we like Android. But to so many millions of people out there, such as yourself, Melinda Barkhouse, you've got an iPhone rocking in your hand. I do. You look at like 50 million times a day. It's funny because as I'm talking about this, I'm imagining the Matrix Resurrections trailer where Keanu Reeves <laughs> is just like staring at everybody in the elevator, looking down at their phones and thinking to myself, yes, that is a reflection of real life. Wherever you go, everybody's looking at their smartphones. But as an iPhone user, I know that it came out as far as, and I'll, I'll talk about all the different models here in a second, but as an iPhone user, knowing that you've got a new iPhone coming year in, year out, what's that feeling like as it gets closer to the release date coming out next week?
2: I have made peace with the fact that I have an iPhone 12 and I probably won't get a new phone until like the iPhone 16. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm, I'm fine with the next one coming out. Lucky 13 for Apple. I don't know. Honestly, uh, Gerald, I haven't heard a whole lot about, you know, what they're changing.
0: As you know, they, they always change. It's so funny because the same thing with Samsung with my, with my Samsung phones, they change every year. And it seems like, they add more things and they upgrade the cameras. And they're doing that here. I think it's a six camera system, I think on the iPhone 13 that they're doing enhanced. They're doing a new movie mode that's in making it even better for you to go ahead and, and go and capture your videos. I mean, there's a lot of little things that they're adding in there as well. They recently upgraded the iPhone's security system because they were, I think there must've been a concern in regards to a security breach of some type. So they made a flash upgrade to all the iPhones recently, but I think that as you see these iterations year in and year out with the iPhone, I think the camera, I think is one of the best parts and best features and most attractive features of the iPhone. What's your experience like been on the iPhone camera? Because again, we're seeing a new camera system built into the iPhone 13 coming up.
2: Yeah, I have no gripes with the camera that's in the iPhone. I was a Huawei user for a short while. And I found their camera interface to be incredibly user-friendly. And I I really enjoyed the the Huawei phone. I, I thought it was great, but I know that there's a lot of security concerns and, and things like that attached to it. So I ended up with an iPhone. If I was going to compare the two, I would probably choose the Huawei over the iPhone 12. Really? So. Yeah, I, I just really liked it. I found it really easy to use and the settings were intuitive and things like that on the Huawei. I do find maybe it's my age at this point <laughs> with new technology, but I, I do find it to be a little bit cumbersome once in a while trying to get into different settings and, and things like that on the on the iPhone. Well, maybe
0: how's the picture quality though?
2: The picture quality is wonderful. I don't know if it's the IA that's in Huawei with the camera that just made it like it already knew that I was taking a portrait or it knew that I was trying to do certain things with my phone and and it was able to make the adjustments for me. I don't find that happens automatically with the iPhone. Maybe I just have the settings in my phone wrong. I don't know, but I'm hoping that the iPhone 13 will follow a little bit closer to what Huawei had done with their camera.
0: The cellular phone market is weird because there are more Android phones out there than iPhones, but A specific type of phone, it is the iPhone, far and away the leader as far as it's concerned in sales. I mean, far ahead of Samsung or Huawei or any of the other brands that are out there, LG and whatnot. So iPhone is the king of cellular phones. And I half kidded earlier in the episode in regards to people waiting outside. But you go and drive by an Apple store, even right now, you're going to see a line of people all day long waiting for help assistance getting new phones i mean these iphone events next week they're going to be people waiting overnight for this phone to be the yes. first to get it and they're going to be waiting in long lines <laughs> and people are i mean this is a phone that's now in its 13th iteration so mm-hmm. it's not something that is it's like okay it's a brand new you, first of its kind it is a different version, yes, but it's still something that's an iPhone. Are you still just mystified when you go walk by an Apple store and you see that long line of people? Because I sure am.
2: Yeah, I don't get it. But, you know, people also weren't really excited when Urban Decay announced their makeup collaboration with the uh, Prince Estate. <laughs> and I was up at three o'clock in the morning having a look at the what it cost to get the giant kit for the new Prince makeup. So, I understand being passionate about a brand and being passionate about having the newest and latest and and things like that. I totally get it. So, I mean, you know, people wait in line for video games. People wait in line for, well, I guess they don't really wait in line anymore for albums and things like that. But Yeah, they don't really wait in line now
0: for video games unless it's a new video game console like they did last year. But outside of that, they just, yeah, they, you know, like you said, we still... Depending on whatever it is, it, it's not as common as they were back in the day when, when I was young. Especially movies, I remember we had to wait for hours to go see a you know brand new movie that came out. That I remember quite fondly you now.
2: Do people still sleep out for concert tickets? I don't know.
0: Not really, because they just go, go ahead. ahead and they know with the bots out there trying to steal all the tickets, they just yeah. go wait and camp out on a website and try to go ahead and get it there. So, yeah. really, it's not the same type of mentality that's there. I mean, it, it there is to a smaller extent, but it's a much smaller extent. But with these iPhone series that are coming out, and I do want to mention that it's the base iPhone 13, the iPhone 13 mini, the iPhone 13 Pro, and the iPhone 13 Pro Max – which I think usually it's about screen size when it comes to the difference. And Yeah, usually. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Or it could be a, it could be a memory. A, yeah.
0: So, I mean, the prices are starting at around $700. And they go up from there all the way up to $1,100. So it's not cheap. So better have a good plan with you on that. Right. And you'll start to see those ads for buy one get one free or buy one get some x amount of money off yeah as we go on
2: work for the new iphone you know come to us and you'll get you know pay for one and get three for the family and stuff like that
0: stuff like that so especially around november around black friday i mean everybody goes to the consumer electronics and buys all the good stuff and the gifts and toys and all that Make sure you watch out for ads for cellular companies because they always throw some of their best ads of the year around Black Friday. And I have gotten my phones in and around Black Friday three of the four past times just because there's been such great deals going on in the cellular land. So if you make your way on Black Friday shopping in and out, please go ahead and check out the cellular phone ads because... If you can wait on an iPhone 13 and if you don't have to have it now, I'd suggest waiting for a great deal.
2: Yes. Agreed. If you can.
0: If you can. (laughs) But can you?
2: Right? That's the question. (laughs) Do you got
0: to have that iPhone now? We want to hear your thoughts on this as the iPhone 13 debuts next week on September 24th. The whole line of phones that are coming out. That's the iPhone 13, the iPhone 13 mini, the Pro and the Pro Max. We want to hear your thoughts. If you are excited for an iPhone 13, please share your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the break, Melinda, and also my conversation with Candy Phillips on his upcoming audio comedy. We're going to hear a lot more about that coming up after the break. But before we do, I wanted your thoughts real quickly on Deathloop. I know Josh and I talked about it on the Monday show, but I wanted to go ahead and get across how special a game this is. because. To me, it's very surprising that this game has done so well and performed so well to critics, including two of the premier gaming sites in the world, both giving it a 10.
2: That's wild, because I know IGN is, is really tough with their ratings on video games and stuff like that. It may be the reason why I finally cave in and get a PS5.
0: Wow, that's an investment. Yeah, I hear you. So
2: it, it, may be, it may be the thing because uh, I was watching some of the gameplay from demos that they had sent out to people. And the gameplay looks really interesting. And I'm I'm intrigued. Like you play on one map and it's a particular time of day and then you move to another map. And that's when the time jumps forward in the day. I don't want to give away too much about the game. I don't know how, I mean, how much do we talk about without getting into trouble? Well, actually, the game's out right now, so you can talk all you want. So basically, you wake up, and it's kind of like Groundhog Day. You repeat the same day over and over and over and over again. And the only way to get out of that day is to kill everybody. Yeah. Right? So you, you start on one map, and it's and it's like the morning. And then you could play in that one map all day, and the time won't change. But once you go to the next map, that's when the time kind of moves forward in the game, and you get to the next level of progression. But if you go back to that game or that map that you had played earlier, it will change. There will be new bad guys. They'll have moved in and kind of set something up. So there's always something different, even in maps that you've already finished in the game. So you can go back and forth. And it's, I don't know, it's interesting. I'm into it.
0: It's very interesting. And the fact and I'm you'
2: at first-person shooters. And I'm still excited about this game, so... Well, the thing
0: was so funny is that it was showcased at the latest PlayStation showcase, yet it is is being published by Bethesda, which is a Microsoft Xbox owned studio now. So the irony in that is kind of funny that they were still let the game release on Playstation Five. I guess there were already agreements and contracts in place that they had to allow for that i think this is yeah because it is
2: on pc as well right yes
0: that's correct so but it's kind of funny how that worked out and i think with bethesda going forward we're going to see them cherry picking as far as picking and choosing which of their games is going to be an exclusive on the xbox and which are just going to be a multi-platform release so i'm interested to see what that is I still think that it would be really an evil move to go ahead and put Elder Scrolls 6 exclusively on the Xbox. I think that would just give a slap in the face to PlayStation owners. As someone who who wants to own the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 both one day, to me, it won't matter. But I really am leaning right now as my first purchase, the Xbox Series X, just because of the Xbox Game Pass. But again, to me, this looks like an Assassin's game. Really a step up from the team who made Dishonored, that series of games. And they just seemed to take a lot of lessons learned from that series and made it so much better.
2: Yeah, I like I said, I am almost willing to put down the money on a new PS5 just so I can play this game. That's how excited I am about it.
0: Again, it got a 10 on IGN and GameSpot. So if you're really intrigued as to what's going on with Deathloop, Please go ahead, share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Coming up right after the break, we've got Kennedy Phillips talking about his awesome audio comedy. But we've also got more things on the way to talk about, including as we honor Norm MacDonald. We're also going to be talking about twins becoming triplets. And Clint Eastwood is still out there doing stuff. That's right, he's crying macho, and we're going to talk about that coming up on the back end of the show as well. This is the PCC Multiverse.
1: You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. we have never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh. Jock and Nerd.
0: I know we're back with the program. It's Cheryl Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I thought I'd go ahead and get everyone out there a little bit of a treat because upcoming, there's a great audio comedy that is on the way. And I'll tell you what, if you get a chance, please go ahead and check out the link that I have in the description of this podcast because there's an awesome, awesome audio comedy on the way. In fact, you can get a preview episode right now because it's clutch. A Cobalt Story. That's right. And an audio comedy it is. And here to talk about that and the experience of doing an audio comedy in this six-episode series is a good man indeed. You got to check out what he's doing today with Clutch, A Cobalt Story. It is Kendi Phillips. And Kendi, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Gerald. Great for you to be here. We really, truly appreciate you taking the time to speak to us. All right, I know you got to be really busy and Creating this whole six episode comedy. I mean, tell us a little bit about how this came to be and the experience that you had because we create a lot of audio content here at the Pop Culture Cosmos between our tabletop RPG experiences, of course, the radio shows that we do and the podcasts that we take care of. But I know that I do a lot of work in helping make that happen. But I know for you, it must be really, really tough to go ahead and bring all this to life as well.
3: Yeah, well, I, I originally started with uh, audio dramas with Megus Elgar, which was a audio comedy that I made a couple of years back. And it went over really well, and I wanted to dive into it again. Um, how Clutch came about was there was a period where I had to fly to Florida around, like, last November or so to help my dad, who was going through surgery. And when I came back all of my roommates had decided to run a tabletop RPG where everyone was a kobold. For those of you who aren't familiar, a kobold's like this this three-foot-tall little lizard gremlin who mostly likes to get into a lot of mischief and a lot of trouble. They're very silly, they're very dumb, but they're a blast to listen and, and watch as they try to to parse and figure things out. You'll find tons of videos about kobolds on YouTube here or there and just stories of them getting into trouble. I loved every inch of it, and I wanted to make my own opportunity to participate without being able to jump into the game that they were all a part of. So I ended up creating a Clutch, a kobold story, which is about three kobolds who go on an adventure to try and find a new dragon they can call Master after they accidentally kill their old one. We're hoping to have about six episodes about 30 minutes in length it's it's a much smaller scale than magus elgar mm. but it's hoping to be just as entertaining and just as high quality as that show well definitely looking forward to it and again there is a preview episode
0: that is now available please click on the link that i'm going to have in the description for this podcast you can go ahead and check it out and i want to ask real quick you're associating with a startup on kickstarter is that correct or how does that work
3: when i first tried uh, making clutch uh, i had the opportunity to pitch to bbc radio 4 which was looking for new content and after a couple of months of negotiating and talking it out and stuff they figured we wouldn't be a right fit for each other so what i wanted to do instead was i wanted to lean towards crowdsourcing because I, I really like this idea. I think it's a really fun idea. But I don't, I don't have the money for it. So what I'm planning on doing is asking the listeners to see if they can help me make this. We're planning on releasing the Kickstarter in like sometime mid-October. If you want to be able to follow us on where to do that, if you go to tinyurl.com slash It'll give you a nifty little link that you can sign up for to keep track of when we will launch the Kickstarter. We're going to have a lot of different incentives and other rewards for anybody who decides to back us, such as a USB copy of the show with like a nice little wooden USB stick. We're talking about getting pins sorted out. And for some of you, we'll have the rare opportunity of getting to be portrayed as a kobold, in Clan Fine, you're a clan now. Let me sleep, or Clan Fine for short, and uh, you'll be able to get drawn as your very own kobold for the show. Well,
0: that's so interesting
3: indeed. And please, you can check out what he's doing today at
0: tinyurlcom clutch kobold. That's C L U T C H K O B O L D. I will actually have the link once again in the description for this podcast. You can go ahead and check it out there. There's a preview episode. Explains all of what he's doing about the show, what it's all about, about the Cobalts, so you can become a friend of the Cobalt, or as you say, a Cobalt friend. Is that correct?
3: They call it Cobalt friend.
0: Well, oh, there you go. <laughs> that's right. Become a friend of the Cobalt today with Clutch, a Cobalt story that's going to be available again. I'm wishing for the best for you on this. And again, he did reference MagusElgar.com, so if you want to go ahead and check out that to hear some past shows. That'd be a great listen as well. But, of course, it's all about right now. Clutch, a Cobalt story. Please, last pitch for you, my friend, before we head on out. If you want to go ahead once again and tell people why they need to go ahead and check out your site, why they need to go ahead and get invested in the Kickstarter when it comes out next
3: month for Clutch, a Cobalt story, the floor is yours. Well, if you want to watch a Clutch of Cobalt story, our three main characters are an absolute delight. There's Strap, the trap maker, who wants to build the legendary seven chain special trap to please his master dragon. There's Nam, the Healther who just really enjoys drinking health potions because she's under the impression that if she drinks enough of them, she'll become immortal. And Book, the booker, a kobold who knows how to read and wants to share with you his favorite books of all time, if you just have the opportunity to sit down and let him dig through his pile of books that he's been stealing over the course of years. With Clutch, a Kobold story, we're planning on having a full cast. Our lead actor is played by Michael Kovacs, who plays Angel Dust in Been Hotel, as well as many other voices across the animation scape. We're going to be having incentives for the Kickstarter backing, so if you decide to sign up with us for Kickstarter, you'll be able to get an early copy of the show, artwork from our wonderfully talented artist, as well as a few collector's items, such as the USB of the show, which for certain tiers will get you the soundtrack of the series, And the rare opportunity to take part in a tabletop adventure with our Kobolds as players in a Dungeons Dragons-style campaign written by myself and my writing team.
0: Well, that sounds awesome indeed. And you can find out more about it today. And I'm going to give you the link one last time. But I will also have it in the description so it's easier for you to find. TinyURL.com slash ClutchCobalt. That's C-L-U-T-C-H. K-O-B-O-L-D. Kennedy, it's been great having you on. Just truly incredible. And I just tell you what, I am so, so hoping that for your success, for not only yourself, but the entire team, and also that Clutch, A Cobalt Story, can come to life. Any last thoughts on the way out?
3: Honestly, I really hope you guys take the opportunity to listen to our preview episode. It's something that's been a labor of love for the past couple of months. I've never done this kind of thing before, for asking listeners to give my show a shot and maybe this will give you a glimpse into the kind of work that i and my crew have to put into before we even ask you to give us a chance seriously I, i recommend listening to the the preview episode it's only six minutes long not much of your time and i guarantee that you'll get a kick out of it
0: once again please check out clutch a Cobalt story Make sure you put your email in there as far as on the page so you can go ahead and get the latest news and information on Clutch a Cobalt's story when the Kickstarter starts so you can go ahead and be a contributor. Kennedy, I wish you all the success in the world with Clutch a Cobalt story and everything coming up for you with all your audio comedies and ex- your entire team. Just wish you guys all the tremendous luck in the world.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for being on the
1: Pop Culture Cosmos. and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis.
0: And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCZ Multiverse. Wanna thanks so much Kendi Phillips talking about his upcoming audio comedy, Clutch, A Cobalt Story, wishing him continued success. And hopefully we can get him back on next month as the Kickstarter gets started a.k.a. Kickstarted, to go ahead and talk about how that's progressing and also as well how you can find out more information about his upcoming audio comedy. Great to have him on the program, and I thank him so much for taking the time to speaking to us today. But before we head on out, Melinda, I wanted to actually touch on a few things, including 91-year-old Clint Eastwood, one of the most revered actors and directors of all time, is back acting and directing although i do not know how he's doing it at 91 then again william shatner he, he's still spry at what 90 years old himself so wouldn't that be funny if they actually got into a mono mono type movie you know and they had a fight scene between a 90 and a 91 year old that'd be kind of weird kind of like a.
2: I I feel like that may be the next plot line to the next highlander movie
0: you, you know, Bill Shatter would do it. You'd throw enough cash out there, he'd do it, he'd do it. Clint Eastwood could direct it, and then but they would choreograph it and whatnot. But it'd be kind of <laughs> interesting. You know, I know for a lot of people it would be like a car wreck that you just can't avoid looking at it as you drive on by. So I'm just saying that, that out there, Hollywood, there's your next big story, there's your next big movie. But I wanted to ask you this. Cry Macho is coming out this weekend trying to compete against Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Is still projected that Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings will get the top spot. But the fact that he is still making movies at 91 years old, whether regardless of the, if the film's good or not. I mean, it's gotten mixed reviews on Metacritic and also Rotten Tomatoes. So I'll leave that up to you if you like it. I mean, it's you don't even have to go out to the theaters for this one. It's a day and date on HBO Max. But your thoughts on Cry Macho?
2: I enjoy Clint Eastwood films. So at 91, if he is still into making movies, why not? He's Clint Eastwood. He could do pretty much whatever he wants at this point. Can't he?
0: Yeah. I um, guess so. Yeah. Got definitely enough clout.
2: And I think he's, he's an actor who's played a cowboy so much that I think that he just is a cowboy now. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you can look at a Clint Eastwood movie and know that it's a Clint Eastwood movie is what I'm trying yeah. to say. And I don't think that this is going to be an exception to that. I think even stylistically looking at it, you would know that this was a Clint Eastwood directed film. Yeah. And yeah. he definitely has a style. He definitely has his, I would even say he's got his own genre at this point. It's yeah. just a Clint Eastwood flick. So yeah, I'll see it for sure.
0: I mean, my 87 year old mom, who is younger than... Clint Eastwood is actually excited to see this movie as well, because she's a big Western fan. So it's kind of funny when I talk about my mom in that way, and she is younger going Mm. to see an older Clint Eastwood and waiting to go ahead and check that out in the theaters or at HBO max. So really, I don't know how I should feel about that. I I really don't. I I, I guess I'm excited for, I mean, you know, it's just, it's kind of weird though, that she's still looking up at someone like, you know,
2: yeah, well, you know, Gerald, yeah. you don't—you don't have to feel any type of way about it. Just do, you know, be pumped that your mom is still excited about stuff. That's great.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. She's excited when I leave the room, so I know that's right there for you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, everybody out there. I just, I had, to, I had, I had to set myself up for that one. So you know, I'm self-deprecating humor at its finest. Yes. But it is Clint Eastwood. It is cry macho, and. The thing is though when you have a 91 year old directing and it being a part of films like this or having a major role with an older audience it's just really kind of hard to in today's coronavirus atmosphere i think one of the audience groups that has been left out or one of the audience groups that has decided to check on out of going live to theaters is older audiences they're uh, older audiences are really concerned about going back to the theaters i am thankful that this is on a platform that they can check out at home that makes them feel safer so that's great because this caters to an older audience but as he gets older and might still continue to do more films to help him feel young to motivate him like, he's not doing this for the money anymore because you know he's with the dirty hairy films the western films yeah. and all the other things that he's done He You know, it's not for the money at this point. It's just for the art and for the sheer fun of still doing it. I mean, I'm concerned, though, that the group that it's intended for or the the audience that would normally migrate to the theaters and to HBO Max to watching it won't be able to see it or won't choose to see it just because of what's going on with the coronavirus.
2: Sure. Yeah. Well, it'll be a tale told by the receipts, I suppose.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and we'll let you know what that is. Just check out the Facebook page for Pop Culture Cosmos where we give you the update on the latest box office results. Uh, Right now, it's projected as a number two to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is still going strong, and I'm so happy for everyone on that crew because it's such a a, a great story that it is that they're doing so well. But it is Cry Macho and 91-year-old Clint Eastwood Still out there, still rocking, still doing behind the camera, and still acting out there. I'm so happy that that he's continuing to go ahead and find that success. But what are your thoughts on Cry Macho? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Well, before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and get your thoughts on a couple last things. And I guess first off, I want to talk to you about Norm MacDonald, who passed away. The Saturday Night Live veteran, the guy who's behind the weekend update for Quite a Spell very controversial in some of the things that he said and did, and that excerpt, that part of the show, and still had many great characters. I love his rendition of Burt Reynolds in the Jeopardy, uh, (laughs) you know, parodies that they did on the show.
2: Oh my God, I forgot all about that. That's great. Yeah.
0: But Norm Macdonald leaves a long line of films and success and comedy shows behind I want to hear your thoughts on Norm Macdonald, the legacy that he leaves behind, and what are your thoughts and memories of Norm Macdonald?
2: Well, I mean, I can remember when he was fired from SNL. I mean, it was in high school when it happened, so it was my first real thing that happened in popular culture that I didn't understand why they would make the decision that they made. It was it was the first kind of mystery to me. And according to Norm Macdonald at the time, and I'm sure if I went back and read, there would be different reasons, but he was told that it just wasn't funny anymore, which I thought was preposterous. What are you talking about? This is the funniest part of SNL, but...
0: Well, that's a bigger part of SNL. There have been periods of time where the skits and the sketches on a weekly basis still even, aren't funny. Some are funny, some are not. You yeah. Know, it depends what you get out of it. Some are well-written, some are not. I mean, that that's just been something that's ongoing ever since. But to lay the blame solely on him, I thought was unwarranted.
2: Yeah, and, and unfair, to be yeah. honest. But I was watching a interview that he had done. It was a couple of years ago, so I may be a little bit remiss about the information. But Brian Regan was a comedian that Norm Macdonald said was one of the most underrated comedians that had been out at the time. Now, again, I can't remember how old this interview was. But perhaps a good way to remember Norm Macdonald over the next couple of days will be to look into this Brian Regan comedian and see if he really is funny. And and I think it might be a nice little tribute for Norm Macdonald fans to follow his lead and look into that comedian he said that he had never been on any of like the funniest comedians or funniest up-and-coming comedian lists or anything like that but norm said that he had been following his stuff for quite a while and really enjoyed it so might be worth looking into if you're feeling nostalgic for mr mcdonald
0: plus also youtube has a tremendous array of videos on not only his legacy and the things that he did in his comedic career but his snl career as well and i know there are even more and more tributes that seemingly pop up by the day and the fact that he was part of the Orville in a series that actually will be coming soon to Hulu in his third season, long-delayed third season from when it was the first two seasons on Fox. The long-delayed third season coming to Hulu, uh, it was mentioned by creator Seth MacFarlane and lead star that he was every bit a part of season three as he was uh, unfortunately fighting his cancer and he was still very much a part of that for his alien that he plays. I don't know if anybody's seen the series, but I kind of like it. It's been a slow burn for me in the first season, but I actually grew to really enjoy the series, and uh, I really think that I'm looking forward to the third season on Hulu. You know, I know he always played in the movies. He was never given really a front and center role. He was always playing a supporting role, and I think he did a great job of whatever was given to him.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I, I it's funny when you start to look into his career and, and things that he has done, and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot that he was in that movie. I forgot he did that show. I read into a lot of those since the news of his passing. So it's definitely something that has a, a lot of nostalgia to it. Canadian born from Quebec City. Yeah, a nine-year battle with cancer.
0: That's very sad. And I, I'm, I'm wishing all the best to his family, our condolences from us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos as we remember the long storied career for norm mcdonald a very successful comedian and someone who left his mark in the industry and he'll be someone whose work has been or will be known for quite some time so you'll be able to see him in movies countless movies obviously countless back episodes of the saturday night live series and countless videos on youtube for years and years to come so Again, our condolences, but we continued by remembering the life, and we wish, I guess, everyone out there that is a fan of what Norm MacDonald did all the best. You know, going through this has been a tough week for everybody in regards to if you're a big Norm MacDonald fan, so we wish you all the best. But we want to go ahead and again remember the life of Norm MacDonald right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So before we head on out, my friend Melinda, it's been a great show. I cannot thank you enough for being part of it, as always. But before we get to twins becoming triplets, go ahead and give us an update on what's coming up with Vampires and Vitae.
2: An update. Well, I finally, and we're probably going to have a preview of it on our social media soon. We'll even share it with the Pop Culture Cosmos Social media as well. A little preview of what I've been working on for our intro. I've been watching a lot of Vampire the Masquerade streams, and (laughs) I don't know that our intro can compare with a lot of them out there because there are a lot of talented content creators, and I'm just learning how to do video editing and stuff like that. But we've been working really hard on it for a number of months, and finally, I think. We have something that everybody is happy with on the cast, so we'll probably pop some previews of that up soon. And yeah, we're whiteboarding a little bit more of the second story arc for season two, so uh, we're pushing ahead with that. And the cast is all getting together for the very first time this coming Sunday. There are members of the cast who haven't had a chance to meet in person yet, so that is happening very soon, but we're getting even more excited and the the anticipation is real, Gerald. It is it's real. It's real
0: indeed, yes. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, I'm so honored to have Vampires of Vitae a part of what we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, the entire experience. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing season three, season yeah. two. See, season I got ahead of myself, got ahead two. of myself. We love season- where
2: you're going with that. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. Well, will it get renewed? But that's up to you and Rob. <laughs> Season two of vampires and Vitae looking forward to checking that out again, as part of the pop culture cosmos, but also make sure you follow vampires and Vitae, wherever you get your social media, they're out there. So please follow that for that little sneak peek of what's Mm -hmm. coming up for vampires and Vitae looking forward to it. But before we head on out, Melinda, I wanted to go ahead and mention that twins, the sequel from that long ago movie. I mean, of course, because you know, in Hollywood, nothing is ever original and everything has to be a remake and a rehash of what was done before is now going to be a sequel with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger reprising their roles with a triplet so it's (laughs) going to be instead of a sequel with just them it's going to be a sequel that's going to be based off of triplets with the third individual involved being Tracy Morgan so your thoughts on this I mean can this go over as well as twins did the original movie way back when
2: so i did a little bit of digging about the original film they managed to make the first twins movie for 13 million dollars
0: yeah not a chance here
2: right yeah and it grossed something like 268 million or something worldwide at the box office so yes it was a success i think that's obvious this movie obviously isn't going to be as cheap to make but with the addition of of Tracy Morgan playing opposite Danny DeVito alone, I would go see that movie. (laughs) And then you add Schwarzenegger in on top of it as well. And I mean, there's going to be so much comedy in that. I can't wait.
0: So excited. uh, I am so excited as well to see how Arnie and Danny will still do in their roles. Plus adding Tracy Morgan into the mix. I'm really excited to go ahead and check this out. I know that the original twins is campies, 80s, early 90s oh it's all of that
2: goodness yeah Yeah.
0: I mean it it encompasses all that and I know when younger individuals like they do like homework or they go back and they see some of these 80s and 90s representations I know it's not the best look at us I know it was more violent it was less PC it was Mm -hmm. not exactly the greatest thing in the world to represent but it was a different time it's a different place we were more accepting of different things so I think that it is one of the cornier parts of our pop culture at that point in time. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they'll do with twins becoming triplets coming up in the not too distant future as they start production on that. So I want to hear your thoughts out there. What are your thoughts on triplets? The sequel to the hit movie twins. We want to hear your thoughts. Pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com. Well, Melinda, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out and I turn it over to you for some final thoughts, well, I was at the store the other day, and I was looking at a red box. You know, when you look at all the upcoming movies or the movies that they have available on that, and I'm still seeing all these stars in movies I have never heard of that went straight to video. All these big names like Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, you see Andy Serkis. You see all these different movie stars from the past that you remember or even the current situation where they're in some hit movies still even to this day, but they've got all these extra movies, that's extra work paydays as it were, as they probably say in the industry that really they don't care about as far as the substance concerned. It was just a nice paycheck for them. When you go by and you see that, or you go and check out a streaming service with all these other films of all these stars that you never knew that was actually on their IMDB list. What does that tell you?
2: I mean, do you consider those B movies still? Like, is that a term that is still? I don't know. I don't
0: know. I, in B movies, but then again, these have budgets, decent budgets. You know, sometimes you know, even to the low millions of dollars. It was just interesting to see. I mean, these are films that are still not cheap by anyone's standards, but yet they have such low expectations because they will never see the light of day in a regular movie theater.
2: Yeah, I've been a, a fan of a. Campy B movie for a really long time. It was does actually... it
0: cheapen the success though? Let's say someone like no, Bruce Willis, who's in, who's in a bunch of these films these days. Who? Oh well,
2: I mean, look at the movies that Nick Cage has done. He's done yeah. some stinky movies. <laughs> but... And that's
0: he is he's become, the, I guess, probably the preeminent star in these lower budget films because Pig just came out earlier this year that got him highly acclaimed, which actually even has still has some Oscar buzz attached to it. But that's like the premier movie that he's done out of all these, what, two dozen films he's done in the past decade that have really never materialized other than, you know, seeing it in that fashion.
2: But to be fair, if you're Nick Cage and and you get to pick your projects and you do ones that just seem fun or, you know, maybe you meet with the director and you just really like the director and you're like, yeah, sure, I'll do your movie. It doesn't matter if it makes money. He's Nick Cage, of course. I will always love those movies that don't necessarily get the big top billing on anything. I've always loved those movies.
0: It's just interesting to see that these stars that everybody knows are still in films that nobody remembers.
2: Yes. And
0: nobody will remember after they see him probably. So (laughs) there you go. Right. Thank you so much, Melinda, for being on the program. Once again, looking forward to having you back on as the fellow host next week. Any last thoughts on the way out?
2: Yes, go see the Triplets when it comes out. I'm sure it's going to be even more of that cheesy, campy stuff that, do we dare say the world needs right now? I don't know, but it's sure to be a good time.
0: Well, we'll see what happens as Triplets comes out, but I'm looking forward to it, and I know you are as well. So for Melinda Barkhouse, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the P. C.C. Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.